Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Messy Closet. And once again, if you're looking to start your own podcast, look no further than the Podbean app. I recommend it, give it five stars, and it has helped me grow an amazing audience and put together this passion project of mine, Messy Closet, that I bring to you. So the spiritual journey of Generation X has taken quite the turn today because as per CNN, Alec Baldwin is going to be charged in the fatal shooting of Helena Hutchins on the set of Rust. And the film armorer, Hannah Guterres Reed, will also be charged. And I think that that is justice because she really was the one in charge and he did pull the trigger, Alec Baldwin. But it wouldn't have happened if the film Armorer had been a bit more diligent in her job. Very sad, very tragic. My heart goes out to the family of Helena Hutchins and honestly to the families of Alec Baldwin and Hannah Gutierrez-Reed because they have to now watch you go through something completely unnecessary. But that is part of the spiritual journey. That is karma. To every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And when the reaction is a life is taken, you have to give some sort of penance for that. My heart bleeds for this whole situation. It always has. And of course, David Crosby passed away. And, you know, for Gen Xers, David Crosby was someone we grew up with if we wanted our parents' chill, awesome music, you know. Um, He was a member, founding member of both The Birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. He joined The Birds in 1964, and they got their first number one hit in April of 1965 with their cover of Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man. That's a great cover. That's one of the few covers that I really, really enjoy. So he was born August 14th, 1941 in Los Angeles, California, and that is where he passed at the age of 81. He's mostly known as a folk rock singer, with some jazz thrown in there, vocals and guitar. And, you know, he was just um, that chill guy. He's played at Woodstock. They just put up a beautiful tribute to him on their Instagram. So if you're not following Bethel Woods Center for the Arts, their tribute with their photo by Barry Z. Levin, And Bethel Woods writes, Our hearts are with the family, friends, and fan of the one and only David Crosby. We feel so lucky to have witnessed such musical prowess on the pavilion stage and honored to carry on his legacy as one of the performers at the original 1969 Woodstock Festival. So I have not ever, now I will never get to see David Crosby play there, but I have seen 
Santana, which played at the original Woodstock Festival. The Dead, of course, minus Jerry Garcia, which played at the original Woodstock Festival. And John Fogarty, who just won the rights to all of his music that he wrote for Credence Clearwater Revival. And I am very happy I saw him live. He was absolutely incredible. And there was an earlier podcast. It's called John Fogarty at Bethel Woods when I went to see him. And I was cold, so I put on the Fogarty t-shirt that I bought at the concert, and it started to rain. And he actually invited everyone under the pavilion to finish his concert out. And I had just finished some really good street tacos, which you ever get to Bethel Woods, find the sign that says street tacos and just get them. And I slid all the way down in the mud, just like the original Woodstock. And I've got the shorts and the Fogarty shirt covered in the Woodstock mud in the Bethel Woods bag that's clear that you could see through. And that is my John Fogarty memory. So get to see your favorite artists while they are still here. Speaking of which, it is also the incomparable Dolly Parton's birthday. You can help Dolly celebrate her 77th birthday with her line of cake batters and frostings from Duncan Hines. She's She's got a whole line out there and I've had some. It's really good. So, I mean, as we know, Dolly Parton, she was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She also co-wrote a book with James Patterson called Run, Rose, Run. I'm reading it right now. It was one of my Christmas gifts. So she's an author and she wrote 12 new songs for the book. So Dolly Parton can't stop writing new song for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 12 new songs for a book, plus a book. And she is just someone who... She's just the best. Now, in 1983, she sang one of my favorite songs, Islands in the Stream, with the late, great Kenny Rogers. It's off the album Eyes That See in the Dark. And she won an Academy of Country Music Award for a single that year. So... This is one of the big things that happened in 1983. And now let's bring it back to that year so that we can get into what life was like. First of all, I would just like to say to everyone who was born in 1983, welcome to your 40s. It is insane. Things change on a dime. Your teeth shift, your eyes change. You can't walk as good as you can. You can't get up out of a chair. Your knees hurt, your elbows hurt in the cold and everything just sort of slows down and it is surprising. So yeah, welcome to the big 4-0 club. It's a weird one. It's a wild ride. So as Dolly and Kenny Rogers are singing us Islands in the Stream, here are a list of some 1983 major news events, which is now part of history. So the first thing that happens is the United States invades Grenada. President Ronald Reagan proposes the Strategic Defense Initiative, SDI. 
the video game Mario Brothers was first released as a Nintendo arcade game in Japan. Interesting. I didn't know that it was an arcade game first, but that makes sense because so was Donkey Kong. All right, get it. The U.S. deploys cruise missiles in Europe at the Greenham Common Air Force Base in England. Hmm. Brinks Matt warehouse robbery at Heathrow Airport, making off with three tons of gold bars valued at $37.5 million, which back in 1983 is probably like $300 billion now. The IRA bomb exploded outside Harrods on December 17th during the pre-Christmas shopping season. The first mobile phones are introduced to the public by the Motorola company. ARPANET officially changes to use internet protocol, creating the internet. This is 1983. The final episode of MASH airs and a record 125 million people watch. You can still catch it on MeTV. And Cabbage Patch dolls are sold in shops and become a success. I remember this. I remember seeing the commercials for Christmas time for the parents outside of like Toys R Us, KB toy stores, whatever other small mom and pop shops, because there was a lot of them still around, still in the 80s, looking for these Cabbage Patch dolls to get their kids, and each kid needed one, and we got them in 1983. I remember my doll, she had brown hair in two pigtails and a yellow dress, and the little birth certificate, and I think, I think I cannot remember. Oh, Georgie Mitzi, that was her name. Wow, I just pulled that way, way out of nowhere. So let's take it back a little bit further. So the cost of living, right? My God, the cost of living in 1983. So the yearly inflation rate in the United States of America was 3.22%. The year-end closed Dow Jones at 12.58. The interest rates, year-end Federal Reserve, 11%. The cost of a new house was $82,600. The median price of an existing home, $70,300. Average monthly rent was $300 and $35. This I do remember because I remember when the rent went up to 400, everybody started freaking out. This is what we remembered as kids. Our parents freaking out about the rent going up, but we were very aware. The cost of one gallon of gas was 96 cents. A Dodge Ram 50 truck cost $5,665. A Volkswagen Rabbit cost $6,994. A Ford Mustang cost $6,572. A Timex Sinclair color computer was $179.99. And I remember the ads in the newspapers from any of like the electronic stores. It was probably like Sam Goody or something. 2% milk was a dollar. 
35 a gallon. They didn't say what whole milk was, but for some reason, 2%. But I think back then going to the lighter fat milks instead of the whole fat milk was a big thing. And then they brought back the full fat milk with the milk commercials with the milk mustache. Got milk. Oh, my God. The memories. The memories. Craft singles. Do you remember those? God, I hated them. They were $1.49 for 12 craft singles. A pair of men's leather shoes was $39.99. A town home, two bedroom, one bath was $47,000. And the average income per year was $21,070. In the UK, the average price of a house was £34,795. And a gallon of petrol was one twenty-five. The BOE interest rates year-end was 9.06%. And the yearly inflation rate in the UK was 4.6%. Hurricane Alicia hit the Texas coast, killing 21 people. Wow. So in the early 80s, our parents dropped us off at arcades all of the time, and we would play Donkey Kong. Now... We knew that Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers were the same creator, who is Shigeru Miyamoto, and he also designed Legend of Zelda and created Metroid and Game Boy. So Mario and Luigi were the plumber brothers that battled the sewers in New York, and at first they would jump over the barrels of Donkey Kong when we would play it, and it wasn't, um, it was actually, it took place in New York and it wasn't completely successful because the video game industry was going through a crash at that time, but it became a successful series after the release of Super Mario Brothers in 1985 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And that is when I had that. Before that, it was ColecoVision and Atari. Fraggle Rock also premiered in this year, and it had a total of 96 episodes until 1987. And of course, it was created by the late, great Jim Henson. And of course, the Cabbage Patch Kids, just so you know, they were only about $20 each, so $19.99. And they were manufactured by Coleco, and you were basically adopting a little baby. <laughs> you're a little, you're a little, you got like a little adoption packet with it. It's just so funny. And then 1983 had these like side button dresses that had like the peplum waist and a vinyl belt. It was almost very like 1930s-esque in its, its shape. It sort of had that bias cut and it was very, very pretty in my, in my opinion. Now, you could also get your boombox for about $250. And boomboxes took eight D batteries and they weighed a ton. And someone used to always ride their bike with a boombox on their shoulder or walk down the street playing their jams. And it was awesome. So some of the top movies in 1983 were Natural World, Reading Rainbow, the Outsiders, Suburbia, Scarface, Copper Mountain, 
And this is starring Jim Carrey and Alan Thicke. So this is like a truly Canadian film. So if you're a Jim Carrey, Alan Thicke fan, you got to check that out. Stephen King's Dead Zone and War Games, Private School, Bad Boys, Monty Python, The Meaning of Life, Christine, which is about the killer car, Joysticks, Rumble Fish, Fire and Ice, Baby Sister starring Phoebe Cates, Cujo, which if you um, want to have nightmares forever, go ahead and watch that movie, Screwball, <laughs> and that was like the age of slapstick comedy, so gotta enjoy all of those. Check out a lot of these 1983 films, maybe they're streaming out there. You can look up anything on Google and find where it is. But if I were you, I would check out pretty much any of what I just mentioned, especially Scarface because Al Pacino. That's it. Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm going to leave you with the top 25 songs in America in 1983. So number one, Every Breath You Take, The Police. Still a classic. I can still listen to it. Number two, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Three, What a Feeling by Flashdance, because Flashdance was also one of the big movies of 1983. It was just so fantastic. God, I love that movie. Down Under by Men at Work, and that was actually one of the trending TikTok songs lately with everybody doing their cat adoption story. Very funny, by the way. Second song by Michael Jackson, Beat It, made it to number five. Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Look up this video if you have not. Just love it. Turn around, bright eyes. <laughs> Man Eater by Hall & Oates. Baby Come to Me by Patty Austin and James Ingram. Maniac by Michael Cimbello, and that's the other big song in Flashdance. Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, the Eurythmics. Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, Culture Club. And if you go back to um, The Wedding Singer, that is well played by Alexis Arquette. That was the song that, that she would do all the time on uh, when <laughs> it's just so funny. I don't know why it makes me laugh so much, but I'm smiling about that right now. You and I by Eddie Rabbit and Crystal Gale. Come on, Eileen, Dexie's Midnight Runners. I remember everyone was wearing their suspenders like with a tank top or like nothing underneath. And then they were like tight rolled with the little Oxfords in the hat and everyone was dressed like that. <sighs> Still love that song. Shame on the Moon by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. She Works Hard for the Money, Donna Summer. Famously sung by Agador Spartacus in The Birdcage. Love that scene. Love that movie. Oh, what else do we got here? Hmm. Ooh, Never Gonna Let You Go, Sergio Mendez. Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran. Also just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the song has a weird kind of a dark past to it because there was a woman named Diane Downs who was listening to this song while she was like shooting her children and she managed to take one of their lives and the other two were injured forever and she went to prison obviously and there is a story about her played by the late great Farrah Fawcett so if you ever 
want to check out um, a really dark movie. It's called Small Sacrifices. There was also a book. I read it in high school. All right, let's get back to the music. Let's Dance by David Bowie. I love that there's a Bowie song on here in 1983. <sighs> Don't you miss him? I do, the star man. Twilight Zone by Golden Earring. I Know There's Something Going On by Frida. Jeopardy by the Greg Kin Band. Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. I love that song. That should be another TikTok trend. She Blinded Me with Science by Thomas Dolby. This is one of the best one-hit wonders of the 80s. Just incredible. Africa by Toto. My other song by Toto, of course, that I love is Rosanna. (laughs) And the amazing, late great, hate saying that, Prince with Little Red Corvette. Now, 1983 had so many other great songs, and I think I'm going to do another episode on the full top 100 of 1983 because I have such memories of all of these songs. But what I remember from 1983 was I was about seven. Yep, I would have been six turning seven, probably going into, I was in first grade. And I was just probably waiting to go home every day from school and watch Scooby-Doo and whatever other cartoons were on. I mainly remember Scooby-Doo. That was my absolute favorite. So, yeah, the 80s for me, especially that time when we were so young, since January, I would have been walking to school. So my mother would have put on like a whole snowsuit and some leg warmers over that and a scarf and some gloves or mittens and a hat and then pulled a hood over it and wrapped a scarf around that like Ralphie's brother in A Christmas Story. And then she used to wrap my sister up in everything too. But we didn't have like the fancy strollers that you guys had. My mother had the one where you would like kick it open and it was just the material stroller. So it must have been freezing to throw my sister in that. And she should just wrap a blanket around her. And it was a good 20, 25 minute, maybe even close to a half an hour walk to school. And my mother did that back. And, you know, I don't know if anyone else's parents out there, maybe in the 70s and the 80s, like your moms didn't drive. Like my mom started driving maybe in like the later 80s, but my mother didn't drive for a while. So everything we did was either getting a ride from someone or walking to and from school or wherever we could or taking the bus, which was actually kind of fun. That was what was great about growing up in the city. It was a lot of experiences. And when you were walking to places, you got to see all sorts of different things all the time and like your friends or family along the way because growing up in Mount Vernon a lot of people like got married to Mount Vernon people and then bought a house in Mount Vernon and started their family there and then dated people from Mount Vernon and if you dated outside it was like oh my god they're from the Bronx they're from Yonkers what are you doing so a few of my friends and I growing up together have relatives in common because Mount Vernon is such a small town like that And that's where 1983 takes me back. So this has been 
a nice little nostalgic run for me because I do remember the early 80s quite well. Stay tuned for part three tomorrow when I go back to three years before my birth, 1973. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Messy Closet. Don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.